It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. We call this our Scattered Thunderstorm season, as we release one episode each week in anticipation of our exciting winter daily podcast series starting January 17th. To learn more about our training programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Well, Eric, I'm so excited. We promised everyone who's been listening that today we would debut our future series. We did, didn't we? So we've been walking through a 12-part series, releasing one every single Monday, in part just to give people time to get caught up on all of our past series and content. But we mentioned that starting January 17th, we're, we're going to be starting a new Daily Thunder series. You're going to have a series. I'm going to have a series, kind of like we did this summer and fall. Mm-hmm. And today is the big day where we are debuting yeah. uh, what those series are. Will you want to tell us what what you're pondering for your series? Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of scary to even make the announcement. Because <laughs> uh, once I make the announcement, then I'm like, that's and what We I'm should probably doing. even say God willing. Yes. Because there's still some weeks yeah. before now on January yeah. 17th. Like so next week we could say, oh, hey, you know, we decided. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, so what I'm thinking of doing, I've, I've gone all around in this um, because it's, it's, I think you and I take it very seriously, maybe even too seriously, that because we're going to invest a lot of time into these studies and we just want to make sure it's spirit born it's what god is doing and i have spent you know the way that i typically do it is i'm I'm dealing with something historical and then unpacking it to bring it to into relation to today you're dealing with an expositional study but still you're choosing a topic or an angle on it that is very significant for today so here's mine you ready for it i'm ready i'm Uh, spiritual lessons from abe lincoln's america So it's not even just a study on Abe Lincoln, even though I'm sure it'll have something to do with it. And I used to teach the Civil War, so I'm always could have a little Civil War in it. But it's mainly dealing with the antebellum era, which was the era leading up to the Civil War. And that's actually what antebellum means. It means before the war. And so it's this this period of time between 1812 and 1861 where you have a very unhealthy, fractured America. In fact, get this, probably more fractured than it is now. And I think it would be important for us as uh, to, to study that, to recognize the, the ways that life can come out of that, the way that we can appropriate it, the way that we can learn from these seasons in life so that we can triumph and actually address it maybe even better than early America did with what we know. And so that's, that's what I'm wanting to study. And I think it's going to be deeply... Uh, it's spiritual. It's not just historical. How do we as the church engage in a fractured world in a way that actually brings wholeness, especially first and foremost to the body of Christ? I'm so excited about that idea. Well, my plan <clears throat> at this point is to do a survey of the book of Colossians. I'm, oh. I've actually was, which is almost ironic because Ephesians and Colossians is parallel yeah. so much. It's almost like cheating. It, it, is, it does feel like <laughs> kind of cheating. But instead of taking a small section like I have been in Ephesians, yeah almost stepping back into an entire book study. Part of that is just because there's a conference I'm going to go speak at in January, and they asked if I'd speak on Colossians. So I've been spending a lot of time just studying the book of Colossians afresh and just diving into it. And it's been so richly profound, especially all about the preeminence of Jesus Christ. So I just have it kind of fun to to take a series and walk through the whole whole book this time. This is unprecedented for me. And that'll be fun. So you basically are going to have around 14 episodes in that series. And so to go through the whole book in 14 episodes, that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Looking forward to it. Well, in this particular episode, Eric, again, we've been walking through 
12 key truths that people need for the times in which we live. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed is that when things get difficult, we often look for a way of escape. It's almost like we feel like, you know, here's this circumstance, here's these problems, and I almost need to unplug and run over and hide in something. Yeah. And again, it depends on the person, but whether it's, you know, entertainment or drugs or Netflix mm-hmm. or, you know, video games, we're all looking for something where we can unplug mm-hmm. and almost distract ourselves from reality. Yeah. Would you even speak to that? It seems like mm-hmm. even with the COVID season, which we've been in, yeah. uh, and maybe not even the current, but when you go back to 2020, yeah. you know, everyone is asked to stay at home and suddenly what we saw was this influx of video games and yeah. binge watching Netflix. Yeah. And it's interesting, Dan showed us uh, a couple of months ago, I think, where the numbers were that time in the word actually went down during 2020 and obviously time in Netflix went exceedingly high. Yeah. So you think the one time that we as Christians would have to spend extra time with yeah. Jesus, we actually weren't doing that. We actually were unplugging and escaping into something yeah. else. Could you talk about why that's such a problem and what is the solution for the Christian? Well, it's it shows a innate problem in our foundation, and that is that we are we have a form of escapism that we are going into. It's almost like because of what is going on around us, instead of pursuing Christ as our as our filler in that situation, we're going to something else. It's called idolatry in Scripture, which is such a ugly sounding word and it's just it sounds so extreme like such a big word for uh something that sounds so innocent right uh and yet when we so the the principle that we're talking about is called first turn where do we first turn when we face a trial is it to god or is it to anxiety is it to my self solution or is it to the word of God to say, God, what is your solution? Do we seek his wisdom or do we seek panic in our own natural man solution? But what happens if we have a physical weakness? Do we turn to God with confidence and with faith saying, God, take this? Or do we turn to the medicine cabinet? What's our first turn? Because it doesn't mean that a medicine cabinet is wrong innately. It's when it replaces God that it becomes wrong. But one of the things we're dealing with very forthrightly right now is when you face a season of fog and confusion, which eh, that's a pretty good way of describing it. Uh, Where do you turn? Do you want to go to God and to say, God, what is your wisdom for the age in which I live? What do you see? What, What do you want me to learn from this? Or are we turning to some substitute fulfilling that void inside of us. And we could all name the substitutes. Like you, you already named a few, you know, sexual deviancy didn't get even thrown into your list, but that's, that's another one, but entertainment, sports, all of these things so quickly fill this vacuum that is created in a time of confusion, in a time of disturbance. And so what we're seeing the church doing is, is moving away from the biblical framework of what we're supposed to be doing. I mean, gathering as believers. I mean, there's still churches that haven't gathered uh, since uh, COVID started. I mean, that's like mind boggling. It's so insane. And they have this justification of why they're doing it, but what are they doing? I mean, if they're going out and spending all their time evangelizing and sharing the, with the lost, it's like, you know what? Maybe this is healthy. But if they're binge watching Netflix instead of gathering as the body of Christ, I would say something is inherently wrong at the foundational level in our lives. And so I think that's where God needs to touch us right there is where is our first turn? Because I, I don't think either of us want to say a movie is inherently wrong or sports is inherently wrong. It's not that. It's the fact that it's substituting for something that is inherently right. And that is God. And so we could say it this way. 
God is the most right. These other things may not be the most wrong. I mean, there's worse things you can do. And we could always justify, well, I'm at least doing this instead of doing this or this or this. Yes, but are you doing that which is right, that which is most right? And Mary of Bethany chose that which was most right instead of what Martha was doing, which was right. I mean, to be hospitable and to bustle around the kitchen and to say, hey, get in here, Mary, and help is right. In fact, all of us were like a little shocked by the story. It's like, excuse me, but that's what we were all trained to do. It's right, but it's not as right. Mary chose the better part. Yeah, I was actually going to use Mary of Bethany in John 12, where she gives up the spikenard. Actually, having spikenard in that culture would have been good and godly and, yep. and, and a right thing for her to do. And yet what you see her doing in John 12 is you you see her coming and breaking that spikenard at the feet of Jesus. And that, of course, that perfume is filling the place and Judas accuses her of wasting lavishly this perfume yeah. on Jesus. <clears throat> and yet what you see is it, it is her turn of faith that she's putting her trust not in something she's putting her faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think in the days in which we live, it is so easy for us to quickly say, well, okay, I'm really tired. I, I need a movie or I, I'm really tired. So I need this, or I'm really stressed because of work and, you know, vaccine requirements and, and all these issues in the politics and the economy. Yeah. Therefore I'm going to go do this. Hmm. Almost like uh, it was Luna Rivenhill who often said that that entertainment is the devil's substitute for joy, mm -hmm. that we're almost trying to seek joy and, and satisfaction, but we forget that Psalm 1611 says that he is the fullness of joy. At his mm -hmm. right hand mm -hmm. are the pleasures forevermore. And so yeah. when we're looking for that solace, when we're looking for that uh, joy and that, and that thing that will satisfy us deep, deep within, that ultimately comes from Jesus Christ alone. And so yeah. we, he has to be the first turn. Mm -hmm. uh, he needs to be the focus and the delight Absolutely. of our life. You know, and I... Less than I walked through a whole season in regards to this, because it, it really does. I can only imagine how people are hearing this. It's like, excuse me, Eric and Nathan, but that is the most depressing message I've ever heard. <laughs> what are you saying? That I'm not supposed to do all these things. I'm just supposed to spend time in the Bible. And it's interesting because the way that it gets cast, even in our emotions, and our is so it's such a downer uh, to live out f true Christianity. And the devil has worked over time to try and create that delusion that to give yourself radically to Jesus is the ultimate way to spoil the fun in life. When in actuality, the only way to discover how wrong that thought is, is to do it and is to give yourself radically to Jesus. There's a guy, we've had a group of men that's been gathering multiple times this past year. Uh, and one of the guys, Dave Sharman, uh, I remember I talked with him back in, it was like January of this last year. And he had there was a man uh, that had just come to Christ, and he, he asked him, have you ever read through the Bible? And the guy said, no. He says, how about we do it together? So Dave, you know, they gave a three-month period where they were going to read it through together. Well, in that three months, he went through it like four or five times. And so then after that three months, he just kept doing it. And what was it, like six, seven months into the year, he was already at like 15 times that he had gone through the Bible this year. And it's interesting when you talk to him, that sounds very depressing. It's like he, basically every waking moment he has, he's going through the Bible. And, and you would think, poor guy, you want to pat him on the back <laughs> and say, it's okay to, you know, get out of this rhythm that you're in. I mean, just go and do something fun. This guy is radiant and he is so excited. He wants everyone else to do it because he's discovered something. When you meditate upon the word of God with that much emphasis. I mean, I, I remember even being inspired back in whatever that was, January or February, and I did it. And I was like, this really is special. You know, it's not that we don't always read through the Bible, but this is like, 
this is like a hyper version where it's just like in, you cut out podcasts, cut out all this. It's like, I just want to focus on the scriptures and it's really beautiful. And, but listening to Dave, it's like when we had this gathering of men, all the men were like, I want to do that. I want to do that. And that's the way it should be. We should have the testimony of those that are spending time in the presence of God going, guys, this is so rich. This is so beautiful. This is so powerful in his presence is the fullness of joy at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. You need to do it. And that's, that's the sales pitch that we need to be hearing instead of like, are you serious? It's like signing up for prison labor. Uh, why would you do that? Netflix has a new series right now. It's like, oh, but God is, has the Holy Spirit, has the fullness of joy, has the grace that is sufficient for us. Where's our first turn? That is a measurement of our Christianity right there. If we're going to the world to be satisfied, it's like going back to Egypt instead of going in the direction that the spirit of God is leading them. He's saying, look, I have a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Do you trust me? And then we're looking at leeks and onions, which sound disgusting. <laughs> back in Egypt, of course, some people are like, well, milk and honey sounds sort of weird too, but it's good. It's good. Uh, and so for us to make that turn, and if so, if you're in a wilderness season, don't allow the devil's bait to take you back to Egypt. Follow God's God's leading into the land of promise. Amen. And I think this applies to every single one of these 12 truths that we're walking through. The, the way for us to be fearless, the way for us to be fortified, the way for us to rejoice always yeah. is for God to be our first turn. Amen. And if someone wants to take this even deeper, I'd highly encourage them to check out our website. There's a lot of great sermons and resources as well as our training that we do every single year that really practically dives into these concepts like the first turn in a very practical manner. And you can do all of that at ellersley.com. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. To learn more about our training programs or to support this podcast, visit us at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.